Got two little birthday girls in here today, Meredith and Marissa, Meredith and Melody, and so uh, getting all these M's. Got one more to try to figure out too here soon. So uh, anyhow, so uh, thank the Lord for them, and uh, I love that song. It's one of my favorite. I can't sing it whatsoever, but that's a great song. I love that song, O Como Come Emmanuel. So and uh, that's a really powerful song. Love it. Take your Bibles with me today and turn, if you will, to the book of Isaiah. Let's go to the book of Isaiah today. Let's read a little bit and then we'll get into the sermon here this morning. But Isaiah chapter number 9, Isaiah chapter number 9 today. Good to have you all here today. Pray for Miss Blue, she's still healing. Pray for Miss Tammy, she's still healing also from her surgery in the hospital. She's back in the hospital if you don't know that. In prayer for Miss Tammy. We're praying for you, Miss Tammy. Isaiah chapter number nine today. Verse number one and two. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as war in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the shadow in in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Take your Bibles over to Isaiah chapter 58 and verse number 8. So you go over a little ways in Isaiah, verse number 8 of Isaiah Then shall the light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. That is thy rear guard is what the word re-reward means. It is the rear guard. Thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry. And he shall say, here am I, here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke and putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness darkness be as the new day. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul and drought and make Fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. One more text in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for the light is come, 
and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Arise and shine. That's the title of the message today. Arise and shine. Um, there's a little child song, and I uh, wish we could have sang it this morning if I'd have thought about it, but it says, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. And then the kids go, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, children of the Lord. And that's what we need to do, folks. We need to rise and shine. And because if you're a Christian today, you've been called upon here in Isaiah chapter number 60 and verse number 1 to arise, shine, uh, shine, shine your light for Jesus Christ. We must rise up and shine for Jesus. If there's one uh, inherent quality about the birth of Christ, it is that light is associated with him and his birth. Light is something that is very apparent in all of the nativity scenes and the natal story. And even in the genealogy, which if you want to call it that, in John's gospel. Uh, you say John doesn't have a genealogy in his gospel. He does. He lets us know where Christ came from. He is from the beginning. He is before the world's ever existed. And he has a genealogy there, and even light is spoken of in that place. And we have been given a great privilege to shine for Jesus Christ in the world as Jesus himself shone. He's shone for us, and now we are light. Ephesians 5.8 tells us that ye were darkness, but now are ye light. Now walk as children of the light. I love how direct the scriptures are on things like that. It doesn't tell us that we are like light. It doesn't tell us that we are as light. It uses no simile, but it uses a direct metaphor. And it says that ye are light. Ye were darkness, now are ye light. That is what you are. Um, you can't change that. And uh, as much as in our world today we want to change who we are, so many people wanting to change who they are. And so many times we're wanting to change other people. But you know, you cannot change somebody's personality. Who they are as a person is who they are. You know, what they were born is what they are. And when you are born a Christian, when you are born again by the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus, whatever that was, for me it was when I was 19 years old. I don't know if you've ever been born again, but when you were born again, you were given a personality. And that personality, part of your personality is this, is that ye are light. That is what you are. You can't change that. Uh, I believe you can uh, obscure it. I believe you can hide it under a bushel, as Brother Luke talked about in his Sunday school lesson this morning. But uh, you can't change it. You are what you are. You are light. And we want to notice some things this morning, how we are light and how we can be better lights for Jesus Christ the Lord. And I think the first point that needs to be made is this, is that the light that we possess is not from ourselves, but it's from God. God is light. 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, 
and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. Um, from the very beginning of the scriptures, we uh, know that even from very the, the third verse of the Bible, the third verse of the whole entire scriptures tells us this, and God said, let there be, what? Light. And there was light. And, but what's even more astonishing is this, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the what? The darkness. You think that God knew what was going to happen in Genesis 1-3 before Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden? You think he knew what was going to happen? I'd say very much so. He knew what was going to happen. He was already preparing for that. In Genesis 1-3, he knew what was going to happen. He saw it. He is God. He is sovereign. He is, he for, he is able to foresee everything. And so in the very the beginning of the Bible, we're taught that God is the one that is not just light, but he's the one, the issuer of light. He gives it out. I love in Exodus 3, 2, whenever God appears before Moses, it tells us this, is that, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. God appeared to Moses in the form of a light, in the form of a fire burning. He appeared to Abraham in the form of a light, a burning lantern passing through those sacrifices that he had made. He appeared to Jacob in a light whenever he woke up in the middle of the night and he saw angels ascending and descending there upon the ladder of God going to heaven. He saw these things and it was bright and glorious and he said, surely this is the house of God and he named the place Bethel, uh, meaning the house of God. The children of Israel saw the glory of God and they saw his light in Exodus 24, 17, whenever it says, And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. And verse 18 tells us, And Moses went up into the top of the mountain. Now, how many of you walk up into the top of the mountain whenever the mountain is on devouring fire, you know? But Moses went up into the light. God is light. And the only source of our light is God. God is the one, the initiator. He is the one that is light. Whenever Ezekiel saw the glory of God in Ezekiel 127, he says this, And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward. I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had a brightness round about it. That's pretty descriptive, isn't it? I mean, he was bright from the, from the waist up, and he was bright from the waist down. I mean, he was, he was glowing. This one, this, this almost seemingly angelic vision that he saw, but we know it was no angel that he saw, but he saw the Son of God in his full glory there. As John saw him in the Revelation, in Revelation 1.12, and says, And I turned to see the voice that spake to me, and I being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a, girdle, with a golden girdle. And his head, head and his hairs were white like wool, and as white as snow, and his eyes were like as a flame of fire, and his feet were like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. 
And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp sword, two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. That's what he looked like. When I saw him, I fell as his feet as dead, and his laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. So what John saw and what Ezekiel saw are the same person. They saw light, saw God in his greatness and his glory. They saw Christ is who they saw. Whenever Paul was on the road to Damascus, his testimony to King Agrippa was this. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. And above the, brightness of the, above the brightness of the sun, he said, I saw something in heaven that was brighter than the sun. What did he see? Shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. He saw Christ there on the road to Damascus. Whenever Jesus was transfigured before his disciples, the Bible says this, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. The light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Whenever the to uh, the three uh, boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, refused to bow down to the king's idol. They were thrown in the midst of a fiery furnace. But who else was there in the fiery furnace? The Lord. The light. The light. And what did the, angel, what did the, what did the shepherds see there in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 9? Whenever they heard that wonderful announcement of Jesus' birth, that says this to us, it says in Luke 2, 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. They saw the glory of God shining round about them. They saw the light. What was it that led the wise men to Jesus? Good Sunday school answer here. Anybody want to take a guess? A star. A light. What did Jesus have in his hand? Seven what? Stars. Light is what is is the idea there. What are the seven stars in relationship to? In Revelation chapter number two and three. The the seven churches. Churches are, are supposed to be stars. They're supposed to be lights. That's what we are. And that's what we've been called to be. And if we're not doing what we've been called to be, then we're not functioning in our proper place. God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. None whatsoever. God is light. That's where we get our light from. That's where we get our righteousness from. That's where we get our mercy and our justice and our peace and long-suffering. That's where we get our shining ability is from the Lord. It comes from Him. God has given to us His light. Isn't that a blessing? That is an awesome blessing. But it's not just a blessing, but it's also a responsibility. It's also a responsibility because we've been given a great thing here. We've been given the light of the Lord. 
Now, I've never seen the light of God in the sense that Paul saw it on the road to Damascus. I've never seen Jesus veiled in his glory like the disciples did on the Mount of Transfiguration, nor like Ezekiel saw by uh, the river Chibar. I've never seen him in that way. I've never been to the third heaven like John has and seen the Lord Jesus in that way either. All right? But you know what? Here's the thing, folks, is that I don't have to have gone there. Is that inherently by the second birth of Jesus Christ, I am a new creature. Remember Ephesians 5.8? Ye were darkness... Now are ye what? Light. Light. So God is light. God is light. But it's imperative not only to see that God is light, but that God also sent the light. And I would put that in capital letters. The light unto us to save us from our sins. Isaiah 60 and verse number 1. I had you there, and so let's turn back to it. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. The word light there is in reference to Jesus Christ. That's the prophecy. Isaiah 9, 1 and 2 is another prophecy of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter number 58 and verse number 8, when it says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. That's a reference to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light. He's prophesied throughout all of scriptures. In fact, in Luke chapter number 1 in verse number 78, we find that that same prophecy over in Isaiah 58 is mentioned to us here and is brought out by Zacharias. Who was Zacharias? That was John the Baptist's dad. John the Baptist's dad, whenever John the Baptist was born, makes a proclamation. He makes a prophecy. And the prophecy is this. Through thy tender mercy, O our God, of, of, of our God, whereby the day spring. What's the day spring? It is. It's Jesus. It's, it's like whenever you say, if you were to say, the day is springing upon us, right? It's the, the sun is coming up. And Christ is here. And he says, The day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. That prophecy was literally being fulfilled by Jesus Christ the Lord. In fact, that prophecy that I read to you in Isaiah chapter number 1, not chapter number 9 in verses number 1 and 2, whenever I read those you know, there's kind of those odd things about Zebulun and Naphtali and all those kinds of things. You know what? If you take your Bibles over to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 4 and verse number 14, you find that the prophecy is fully is fulfilled and it's interpreted for us there. For it says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the, of the, of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung upon them. Why is that so important? Well, where, is, where, is, where did God establish his kingdom at? Where did he establish that his light should shine forth from? It's a place called Zion, Jerusalem. They were supposed to send the light from there. And God ultimately did so. 
But Zebulun and Naphtali are up here in a different region. They're not close by to Jerusalem. They're sitting in darkness, per se. But who is the one that's going to come by the way? Who's the traveling tabernacle? If you want to put it like that. You ever thought about it like that? That Jesus is the traveling tabernacle. He's the traveling temple. He's the one going from town to town to town preaching the gospel of the the kingdom. And when he gets to this area, they say, look, it's being fulfilled. These people that have not had the light, they haven't had the, the, the word preached among them. Here he is. He's in their towns. He's in their villages preaching the gospel. The light is shown upon them. Jesus is the light. John says in John 1, 9, this is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. No one has an excuse Whenever they meet God, my friend, nobody has an excuse because the Bible says that the true light, which is Christ, lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every person that is born, they've been given two amazing things. They've given the the power of creation around them. And they've also been given the wonderful ability of a conscience within them. And God uses those two things to show to the world around them that there is a God. And every single morning that their sun rises and the sun sets in the evening shows that there is a God. There's somebody greater than this great ball of flame rising up every single day. There is a Lord. Why do we think that the, one of the main things that the devil wants to do is to promote evolution? Right? Wants to promote it in not just in, you know, evolution. I was, I was uh, watching uh, a little children's TV, TV show the other day. You know, I just, I like watching cartoons, you know. Listen, if you've got five kids, all right, you've watched cartoons, okay? If you've got one kid... Don't you lie to me and tell me you haven't sat through a whole entire show of cartoons, okay? All right, 30 minutes. You've done it. And then you go, what would I just do? You know, I just watch this whole entire thing, you know? But you know what they do in kids' shows? They promote evolution. You know what they're doing with kids, you know, today? Promoting evolution. And then what else has the devil gone after? He's not only gone after creation, but now he goes after what? The conscience. And he's trying to destroy children's consciences and making them believe they, not, they are not who they were made to be. They're destroying their consciences is what they're doing. So look at the power of the devil. The power of the devil went after creation. He went after the, now he's going after the conscience. He's already going after the Christ, amen. He's been doing that for a long time. Christ has always been hated. He's always been put down. The Christ was the first one. But he's not only tried to go after Christ, he's going after creation. Now he's going after the conscience. He's destroying these things because he knows that God uses these two things in order that he might convict people that there is a true light. 
There's one that is shining that is brighter than the sun. There's one that is shining that is brighter than this whole entire world. There's one that can save them from their sin. And you be very careful as parents to what you allow your children to watch, to listen to, that might destroy their thoughts on what God did and what God, how God created this world and how God created them. Don't get them things, don't let them get confused on that, all right? Because what you're doing is you're setting out of order what God is going to use to establish that there is a God and that there is a God that loves them and cares for them. So the light shows us our need for a Savior. It shows us that. This is the true light that cometh into the world, that lighteth every man, excuse me, that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The true light shows us our need for a savior. It shows us our need that we need the God of the universe, that we need somebody to save us. But the true light not only exposes our need for a savior, but it also exposes our, 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 the fact that we've sinned. John 3.19 tells us this, and this is the condemnation. You know, some people think that God is a condemning God just because, you know, you know, because he wants to be. But listen to John 3, 19. It says, and this is the condemnation. This is the judgment that's been placed upon the world. That light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Why do men and women, why do people not like the light? Because they love the evil. That's why. They love the evil. They love sin. They love to dabble in their sin. They don't want to give that up. That's why repentance is so important part of the gospel, all right? Let's never forget repentance. And forget that, you know, that, that, that people are repenting of what they have done. They are sinners. And they need Christ to save them. In Proverbs, there is a man that's seeking an adulterous relationship. And I find it interesting that the description given to us of this, uh, of this man seeking this adulterous relationship is this. In Proverbs 7, 9, he comes in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Four descriptions. Twilight, evening, black, dark, night. I'm sorry, five. I I miscounted there. Five different descriptions. Well, what is that showing to us? It's showing to us that people try to do evil in the night. In the night. They're, They're in darkness. They're in darkness. And this world around us is in darkness. I just read to you in verse number 2 of chapter number 60. What does it say there? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And listen to how the Bible words it. And gross darkness. Now the gross there is not like, oh, you know, you know eating you know, grasshoppers and worms. You know, oh, that's gross. You know, that's disgusting. You know, that's not what the word gross there means. We'll come back to that here in just a second. But the point being is this, is that... The world that we live in is in darkness. The whole world lieth in wickedness right now. That's where it lives at. The whole world is in darkness. When I say world, I mean the people that are outside of Jesus Christ. They are in darkness. There is no light in their life. 
But the psalmist tells us that, there, that, that night and darkness and all the rest of it is no problem with God. For the Bible says, Yea, darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the, as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God sees as well in the night as he does in the day. Let us never think that we're getting away with anything with God. Amen? God is light. And in him there is no what? Darkness at all. God sees everything. Everything. God knows it, God sees it, and God's taking record of it. He knows it, my friend. Don't forget that. Don't ever think to yourself, I'm getting away with this one. You're not. You're not getting away with anything. God is seeing it, and God is taking judgment, and God is taking record, and God sees these things. It doesn't matter if it's in the night. It doesn't matter if it's in obscurity. It doesn't matter if it's in darkness. God sees the thing. The darkness hideth not from thee. The night shineth as the day. The darkness and light are both alike to thee. But not only that, but Jesus also declares himself to be that very light. We've seen that he is the light. It's obvious in our texts and our scriptures that I've read to you. But I love it that Jesus himself just proclaims it and says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but and or excuse me, but shall have the light of life. The reason anyone is in darkness today is because they don't have Jesus as their light. Their darkness is a life without sin. Darkness is to remain in sin. It's to live in sin. It's to remain in your dead and trespasses in sins. I don't care how much you know, how much knowledge you have. I don't care how, how well you've studied. I don't care how enlightened that you might think that you are. Listen to me, my friend. Listen to me very closely. I don't care if you grew up in church or if you know the Bible stories, or if you're smarter than anybody else, if you've got degrees on your wall, or any of those kinds of things. Listen, the Bible lets us know and very clearly that the only people that are in light are those that are following Jesus. There's nobody else. That's what the scriptures teach. Are you in the light? If you're not in light, you're in darkness. Ye were darkness. Now are ye light. That's where you're at. There's no middle ground with God. Amen? There's no quasi-Christians out there. Okay? If you're not saved, you're not a Christian. You can maybe play a good one at church. You can maybe say the lingo. Maybe you can know how to pray, but as I read this week in James chapter number 4, that you can even pray bad prayers. You can ask amiss. You know what the word amiss means? It means evil. You can pray evil prayers. You can. The Bible says that the prayer of the wicked is an abomination unto God. It's an abomination to the Lord. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. 
The people that are out there today that are promoting and proclaiming that you can still live in sin and still not have to worry about repentance and still not have to worry about your sin. You can just live in sin and do whatever you want to. And you, you know what? As long as, as, as long as you're good to your neighbor and you know what? You can worship God however you want to be. My friend, all of that is sacrifices. All that right there, my friend, is abomination to God. It's an abomination to God. Don't ever get confused with any of that. Well, they're good people. They might be, they might be uh, good people in this world, but they're not good people to God, my friend. If Christ is not the light and they are not living according to the scriptures and according to how God wants them to live, my friend, we've got to see that we are light. We are no longer in the world anymore. Arise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. So it's important here that we see that not only that God is light and that Jesus has come to be the light to save us from our sins, but finally it's important us to see that we need to arise and shine and give God the glory. You do that two ways. Paul says that the first way is this, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest, listen to it, the light of the glory of gospel should shine unto them, who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. You see what Paul's doing there? He's using the analogy going back to Genesis 1-3. God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. The whole world was covered in darkness in Genesis 1-2. God makes the light to shine out of darkness, and get this, this will blow your mind, without the sun, amen? There were no sun in Genesis 1-3. It's not like God revealed the sun later on in Genesis 1-5. No, that's not what happened, all right? It's not what the Scripture says. Scripture says there was light first. There has to be light first. Why? Because God is what? Light. There will be no need for the sun in, in in the heavens of heavens. Why? Because Jesus is the light, okay? So don't ever get that mixed up in your minds right there. We don't get our light from the sun. We get our light from God. It's from the Lord. He is the light. That sun is going to be dimmed to one-third of its power one day, the Bible teaches us. Why? Because God is in control of the sun. He's going to dim it. He's going to dim that thing. God's in complete control over everything. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm trying to do today. I am giving you the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You understand that statement? I'm trying to show you the glory of God that is revealed to us in the face of of Jesus Christ. That's how the glory of God is revealed to us because we cannot look upon God and we cannot see God. God the Father is a what? A spirit. He is a spirit. And, any, and, God, told, and God told Moses that if any man were to look upon me, he would die. If you looked upon God, you would die instantly. But God has given to us what? A mediator, a reconciler, a, 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 a redeemer. And now we get to reveal the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
That's what the angels did for the shepherds. That's what God did for Israel. That's what Moses was shown there in the burning bush. That's what Jesus did for his disciples. That's what every herald of the good news of Jesus Christ is doing upon the face of the earth. They are sharing the good news with you. And I'm preaching the same message that that Isaiah preached to his crowd 3,500 years ago. Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen. And it's time for Christians that we shine. That we be testimonies of God's amazing grace. You do that two ways. You do that by what you do. Ye were darkness, but now are you what? Light. Said about five times. I hope you may be picking it up by now, right? Ye were darkness, but now are ye what? Light. Walk as children of the light. I don't have the time to take you through it, but just read Isaiah, or excuse me, if you read Ephesians 5, the whole chapter, and you'll find out what it means to be a child of the light. I don't think I really even have to tell you much of that because for most of us, we probably already have a pretty good idea what that means. That we live sanctified and we live holy lives. We live lives that are set apart from this world. We don't live in animosity. We don't live in fear anymore. Amen? We're not trapped by fear. Perfect love casteth out what? Fear. We don't live in fear anymore. We don't live in animosity. We don't live with strife and contention in our lives. We don't live, uh, we don't live to, uh, as some have told me, I was never a fighter growing up. I fought one time in college. I thought it would be fun to get into some boxing matches, and I got hit in the jaw one time, and I said, you know what, never again. You know, dislocated my jaw, and I said, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't know who finds fun in this, but, uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I've never been a brawler, but, you know, some people love to fight, but you don't fight anymore. You don't, you don't get drunk anymore. You don't, you don't, you don't go out and, uh, you know, you know get, get high and, and, and smoke some PCP. or you don't, you don't do those things. You say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm done with that old stuff. I'm done with that, with, that, with that crown. I don't know if we have any PCPers in here this morning. I just thought I'd throw that out to you. But, but, uh, but I, I don't do that anymore. I don't live that way anymore. Amen? I'm walking as children of the light. I'm doing the best that I know how. I'm going to abstain from those things. And when I find myself walking in obscurity, then I'm going to realize that my light is being covered by a what? A bushel. I'm not putting my lamp under a bed anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. And when I find myself doing that, I repent and I say, you know what? I'm not walking as a child of the light. I need to get out and I need to realize I need to repent of what I'm doing. That's the first way in which you shine as lights. In fact, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 58 and verse number 1, he tells Isaiah this, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. And then he says in verse number 50, in verse number 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. You want God's blessings in your life? You want God's help in your life? You know what? You know what? I'm not telling you to give a whole bunch of money. I'm not telling you to do, that you need to do this or do that. You know what? You just, the first thing that any of us should ever realize is this, is just get our hearts and life's right with God and live as children of the light. 
We don't talk the same way anymore. We don't discuss the same things anymore. We don't have the same jokes and we don't tease about the same things. Uh, you know, we were careful about what we say to others. In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. Why, why do we do it? Is it so we can check the box and so that we can do this? And that? No, we do it because we're Christians and because we're light. That's what we are. You can't change that. You can't change that. And you'll never be happy and you'll never be satisfied doing anything else than just being who you are. See, that's why the devil's trying to control this world. Don't we not see that? Listen to me, my friend. Transgenderism is a lot bigger than transgenderism. It's a lot bigger than that. People get so laser focused on certain little issues and certain little topics. We get focused in on abortion or we get focused in on these particular things that come through the government. And we think we get so laser in and we think, oh, we think, oh, we got to stop this thing. We got to stop that. We got to quit this. We got to have a bill for that. We got to make sure we make sure we're, you know, protesting and holding up signs. And, you know, if you want to do all those kinds of things, I'm not I'm not against you. But I'll tell you this. The issues are a lot bigger than that, my friend. The issue is the gospel. That's what the issue is. People's problem is this. They are in darkness. All right? And they're going to follow what the king of darkness tells them to do. The prince of this world is telling them to live in certain ways and do certain things. That's why there's wars and famines and all the rest of it, my friend. Because there's a prince of darkness. There is a spiritual wickedness in high places. There was that horrible, horrible, tragic story the other day of that delivery man that killed that little girl, picked her up at her house and killed her. I don't know what all the details were. And threw her out into a field. So why did, why, well, how could something like that happen? I'll tell you why. Because there is a devil in this world, my friend. That's why. What is the devil? He is a murderer. And he's a thief. And a liar. And he has been so from the very beginning of time. Anybody that does something like that is possessed by the devil. That's demonic. You believe in devil possession? I sure do. I read my Bible a couple of times. But I'm telling you here this morning that we're not possessed by the devil anymore if you're a Christian. You're possessed by the Holy Spirit of God and you're light. Now walk as children of the light. It's what you do, but it's also in what you say. It's also in what you say. And you're not going to be a good testimony if you're not living for Jesus. Understand that. So you live for Jesus, and when you're living for Jesus, then you speak up for Jesus, and you arise, and you shine. When Stephen was martyred, what does it say to us? It says that his face shone. He had a shining face, and he had a testimony, and his testimony was simple. 
He said, lay not this sin to their charge, O God. And then he fell asleep and he gave up the ghost. And you know what? There was a man standing by that heard his very statement. And I believe it impacted his heart. And his name was Saul of Tarsus. You know him as Paul. Who wrote 13 books out of our New Testament. He traveled and traversed the world and preached the gospel. Sparing nothing. Life and limb. Giving everything that he had so that people could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. May I remind you, so that you can hear the gospel. And God in his sovereignty and his grace sent the gospel uh, westward instead of eastward. And he put it over there in the continent of Europe. And it spread upwards and it spread northwards and it spread to England and it spread to here. Listen, my friend, you are a direct product by the grace and the gospel preaching and the light being shared. That's why you're here today. It's because of the gospel. Because somebody told you the gospel. Wouldn't it be great if there were the same amount of people doubled here next year? Because somebody in this congregation told them about the gospel. The gospel. And shown the light. You can't save anybody, my friend. You cannot save anybody. But God can. But the only means by which he does that is the gospel. Is the light. It's how he does it. It's with the light of the Lord. We preach not ourselves. But Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. Why? Why did God shine the light of the glorious gospel into your hearts that are saved here today? In order that you might give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus said plainly, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto them that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Philip Bliss wrote that famous hymn whenever it says this, The whole world is lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light to shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. And for you today that are lost and do not know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are in darkness and you are not in the light. Then listen to his next stanza. It says this, Ye dwellers in darkness with sin-blinded eyes, the light of the world is Jesus. Go wash at his bidding and light will arise. The light of the world is Jesus. Your condemnation, my friend, is not so much as who you are. It's the fact of this, that you refuse to come to the light. This is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Sinner friend, why don't you consider this before we close here today. The reason you're not saved is because you love your sin 
more than you love the Savior. You love your sin too much. And you're not willing to part with that. You're not willing to get rid of that. But I'm here to let you know today that there's one that loves you. Amen? And he died for you. And he died that you might be saved eternally if you had come to the light. If you would confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And believe that he died on a cross for your sins and rose again the third day. He will save you. Christian, are you living as a child of the light? Are you, are you, are you trying to hide your candle under a bushel? No man does that. You're children of the day. You're children of the light. Now walk as children of the light. May God help us to do so. Father, we're thankful for the word. We're thankful for all that it teaches us and all that it instructs us in. And I pray for anybody that's lost here today that God...